Hey everybody, and thanks for tuning in once again to Preserving Pentecost. We're really excited about this week's episode where I'm going to sit down with one of my very best friends as he shares his gifts and talents that God has blessed him with. And uh, we're going to just dive a little bit into his life and how the power of God has changed it. God bless. Hey everybody, uh, very excited. I'm sitting here with uh, one of my very good friends, Brad, um, and I wanted to bring him on to Preserving Pentecost because uh, I've got to see how the Lord is working uh, through his life and, and the anointing that is on his His gifts, and uh, it's just amazing to me to see uh, just the draw, especially uh, on youth, and um, so... Bradley, if you want to go ahead and introduce yourself, uh, and if I'm correct, you're a youth pastor, right? Yeah, um, that's mine and my wife's current position, and we're right now at the Lord's House of Prayer. For those that know anything about Ohio, we're a little church out in uh, Manchester in the Akron area, so we'd love to see you guys pull into our church and bring your kids as well. Um, I mean, yeah, that's just where we're at right now. So, uh, yeah, but, yeah, so I guess go ahead, take it away, do what you do. (laughs) So we're, uh, I guess uh, we we can just go ahead and dive right in. Um, so, <clears throat> your uh, your gifting, at least from from just from what I've seen, what little bit I've uh, been blessed to see, is you, I know God blesses you to write. You uh, you do the spoken words, which are phenomenal. I mean, especially when the anointing's flowing. Uh, you've uh, written several worship songs. And and then you know God paired you with your wife who uh, kind of puts the music to it and it mm-hmm. just it, it's like it just meshes together so well uh, and you can see God's hand all in it so I guess just tell us a little bit first about how you how you discovered that you even had that ability what what let you know that that was something that uh, a gift that you had well yeah so like. Obviously, other than the youth pastor thing, like Josh just mentioned, like me and my wife, we kind of team up, collab, do our little worship stuff I write for her, but also, like he said, my spoken word. And um, I guess sort of where I first discovered that is, you know, I wanted to be like every typical early 2000s white boy. And <laughs> I got a hold of some Eminem, you know, watched oh, 8 Mile for a little thank bit. Thank God like, for delivery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, of course, like I just had that passion, like, bro. Dude, rap is my thing. Eminem's so dope. And, like, <laughs> and I just, like, I don't know. As a kid, I just always would jam out to him. I, I even had an MP3 player. Um, Ooh, look so I know, yeah, I'm kind of flexing right now. So, <laughs> We're uh, flexing. Okay. Yeah, 23-year-old 20, <laughs> bragging about an MP3 player. But no, I, uh, I don't know. I just fell in love with writing and lyric ability and, like, I don't know, just, like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to say studying, but like, obviously, at not saved, and even when I first got saved, I did follow Eminem for a little bit more after that. Um, but <laughs> I don't know, like, hearing that, and like, I, I was also into a whole, and this is not the if young people listen to this, this is not for you to continue to listen to these people. But I also like listen to like Little Wayne and like everybody else back in the day I know I wasn't in the Tupac and Biggie Smalls era I wasn't there but um I grew up on 
rap, hip hop, and like I just loved the gift and ability to write. And um, I don't know. I just wanted to be like I just wanted to be like them. I could relate so much, and I'm sure Josh will ask me to dive a little bit into my like testimony slash like when did I first start coming to the Lord and and when we get to that part of the segment you'll you'll hear some of the stuff but I just wanted to relate and I had somebody there other than Jesus other than God I had somebody <laughs> there that I can like relate to and feel like dude I can you know I can make it out of my situation like it, he, he gave me hope I guess is what I'm trying to say when yeah. I was looking but yeah. so so would you say it was kind of become like an outlet yeah it was like um yeah it was like an escape like i could just like tune the world out tune out all my problems and like literally i could just write like and be i don't know like creative or like i don't know it kind of sounds weird like i don't want you to think i'm like in some D <laughs> or like some cult and i'm like fantasy world no but like just being able to take a break from the world and like oh yeah being able to write how you feel or struggles that you go through or like things that you've overcome, being able to put that down on like a pen and pad. Like it was just, I don't know. It's just something that I always loved doing and I never would like share. I would never perform or never do anything. Cause like the, I started writing when I was like an elementary school kid and like, you know, I'd take these papers, like a page long of just lyrics to like my guidance counselor at the time or whatever, just to show somebody. But like this, it was something that I always like kept to myself. Yeah. Like I didn't really like to share cause I had like a lot of trust issues um, as well. So like letting people see your personal stuff, you know, it was like, it wasn't the hardest thing or it was pretty hard to do and like open up. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. So th it's awesome to me that, that God is so merciful that, even before we even know about the hope of Jesus, he still gives us an outlet to feel that hope without us understanding where it's coming from. Even if Eminem is the basis of where he <laughs> even, shows up. Well, he, will, he will take the foolish things to confound the wise. So, uh, But we we do thank God for deliverance. Like, but uh, so... Now, when you, when you first started writing, was it more along the lines of spoken word or did you kind of experience a transition where you went from kind of liking more of the rap into more of a spoken word because uh, now I've, I've, I've heard you uh, uh, do this uh, a few times now and 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 what I love about it is, is it's it's just like you know when you're when preaching a sermon I mean yeah. it, it comes across with authority and with power and the gospel yeah and, and I don't feel like I'm sitting there listening to you know Lecrae or or uh, the Flame or somebody yeah. uh, going off. I, I feel like I'm I'm listening to the Word, and and so to me it stirs me. Cause I'm I'm big on the Word anyway. I love you know, I mean I love worship and all that. But uh, when but you love the Word. I love the Word. <laughs> That's right. And when I can when I can see that operating through a gift other than other than somebody who's been. You know, there's people who are gifted to be public speakers, or, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, uh, whatever talents or gifts they have. And uh, but, but like when I hear you doing that, it just it comes across. I mean, you can tell it's ministry, and and I just find that so uh, captivate, captivatingly fascinating. Yeah. And and I love it. And and when the anointing hits, man, I'm telling you, 
Oh. Well, I appreciate it. Uh, so no, like like I said earlier, um, at first I would just write stuff and wouldn't put anything out. Wouldn't like share. Wouldn't like even my best friends growing up and stuff. I wouldn't share none of that. It was probably around like high school. I'd say like tenth, eleventh grade. Um, I moved in with my dad uh, during my high school era. Uh, and anyway, he was like, "Oh, I know this." I know this dude, I know this producer, like, I don't know how my dad knew this producer, by the way. I, I don't know if my dad has, like, a secret rap life, that he just has very... So but he's like, yeah, no, um, and this dude, he was so cool, um, and his name, I'm sure he wouldn't mind if I name-dropped him, but I think he goes by De La Mons or De La Monze or something like that. You guys can find him on Spotify, whatever, but, dude, he's so cool, so gifted, and so awesome, but... No, I remember um, him just pulling me up, and I'm, like, nervous, dude. I got, like, I don't know. I don't even remember what I was dressed in. I know it was, like, baggy <laughs> jeans, some Nikes, probably a snapback, like always. Anyway, like, I, I was getting my whole eight mile going on, whatever. <laughs> but we walked into the studio, and I found this beat off of YouTube. What I used to do is I used to just find free beats off YouTube, and then I would just write to them. Um, and then, like, that would be it. And the story, like, once I wrote it, Send off, good. So I just remember we go there, we go to the studio, and I had like the I had verse one written out, okay. And he pulls up, downloads the beat, lets me go in there, you know. And we go, and anyway, I'm done with verse one, and he plays the hook, and then the beat comes, and like I just stood there silently, and he's like, <laughs> uh, he's like, Aren't you, you're supposed to say something here, and I just said, no, that's all I got, verse one. And he's like. Oh no, he said, we just stopped in oh, that verse one. Oh, he said, get your butt out of, that, <laughs> out of that booth. So we get in there and he had me sit on this couch. And this cool, this dude is so cool. Um, I, and I have high respect for this man. Um, he didn't charge us extra, didn't do anything or whatnot. I think actually for this first recording, I think it was free. Like, cause he realized like I was a young kid trying to serve the Lord, trying to put something out there for, yeah. like, people to relate and grab to that had God in it. Yeah. Um, that's something that Eminem did miss. Um, <laughs> so, but, no. Um, and he just said, no, we're going to sit down. He had this couch. He had me sit down. He said, and you're going to just listen to this beat on loop until we get verse two written. Oh, wow. Yeah, and he sat there. It was, like, another two and a half, three hours. And finally, wow. we got done. We recorded. And it was all set. And then after that, I just was like, all right, sweet. Um, <laughs> this is this is it for me. And he was like, oh, no. He said, we're going to come back. You keep finding beats. You keep writing stuff. You keep going on. We're going to make you a SoundCloud, you know, whatever. So, like, I guess my whole high school era, I went on on working on this album, on this CD. Um, I found out what SoundCloud was. I really didn't dabble <laughs> into SoundCloud, but... I am on SoundCloud. My rap stuff is. If you type in Realistic or Brad McMullen, you'll find it. It's just some kid with a Nike snapback on, standing behind some fence. Uh, who looks nothing like you. Yeah, who looks nothing like <laughs> me. Me maybe 30 pounds ago, 20 pounds ago, I don't know. But anyway, no, like... And I guess where the spoken word thing came in that you were talking about. I never really listened to spoken word. I never really listened to spoken poetry... Never understood it. The only poetry I'd really hear is like, 
you you watch those lame TV shows or whatever, and they're just like up there, and they like say like some where they're playing the little bongo thing. Yeah, and they just say some <laughs> lame stuff, and I'm like, bro, this isn't music. This isn't this ain't cool. Like, I gotta stick to this rap. Well, I had the opportunity at my graduation actually. Um, they had this like come down to the music room, um, and share a song or a poem or a speech that you have written that you want to share with that graduation. And my and my um, English teacher at the time, dude, she was like, she's probably one of my biggest like inspirations and people that was there for me and kind of helped me pick up and keep going. Yeah. Um, and her name is I called her Miss V, Miss Velakovich. I don't know what her first name is. Don't pull up to her address or nothing. I, don't <laughs> know. I couldn't even find her on Yellow Pages for you, but no, she. I don't know something about this teacher. I just. I just connected with her and she was somebody I could trust and I had the opportunity of actually having her for language arts for for two years because we were like I was in this like um, career ed program like career tech program and um, I just remember we had to write a personal essay or whatnot and and I wrote one and submitted it in and she just called me over one day and she was like when she read it or whatnot she was like um is this real and I was like, well, I mean, I hope so. Like, <laughs> I, I didn't just shoot for an A. I was like really trying to be honest and real. And no, she just like kept me going. And like she would sit down and take time and listen to my stuff. Yeah. Which was really cool. Like a teacher actually like going out of her way. And one time she even had stuff playing, like my stuff playing in her room when we were walking into class. And I was like. Wow. Wow, that's uh that's something. Um <laughs> I was like, please don't tell everybody this. <laughs> but no, um but we I went down to the music room because our this band teacher, this choir I don't know who it was, but she said, Hey, this kid that I know, he has some stuff you gotta listen to or whatever. So I, I didn't even know this was all happening. I just randomly get called down to the music room. And there's like these like, I thought they were judges or something. I've never seen these teachers in my life. And they're like, well, we hear that you got something to share. And I was like, oh, I do. <laughs> they, were like, they were like, yeah, you got something to share for graduation. And I was like, uh, I mean, I guess I can share something. And so uh, the first song I ever recorded with, with that producer I was talking about earlier, I had it play in the background and I just rapped and performed or whatever, like... Mm-hmm. And that's the first time I ever, like, really, like, performed, performed. And um, everybody was just staring at me after I was done. So I just kind of, like, mic dropped it and dipped. Like, I was like, <laughs> I have no idea. Like, everyone was just kind of staring at me. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Hold <laughs> your applause. <laughs> Take off. So I just took off, you know. Um, and I was done. I was like, okay, like. Maybe this rap thing was just a whole dream. Like, maybe this whole writing thing, I should have just kept it to myself. And it kind of, like, it messed with my mind a lot, like, that night. I just remember, like, dang, like, I've never seen, I've never been so open and so honest. Yeah. Out of nowhere and anywhere. And, like, people just, like, stare at me like, this guy's a dune. Like, I thought that's what (laughs) they thought. But, no, I come in, or whatever, come into English class, like, third period, fourth period, whatever. And my teacher, Miss V, who I was talking about, she was like, you need to go to the music room. I was like, what do you mean I got to go to the music room? I'm in art class, or not art class, I'm in, uh, you know, English class. Like, I don't, I'm right where I need to be. And she's like, no, 
the uh, band teacher, the choir teacher, whatever, they're looking for you. And I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> they're not. And so anyway, she makes a phone call to the music teacher mm-hmm. and he comes down and he gets me and I'm like, dude, what is going on? Like, I just got snatched out of class. Like, Don't make me go yeah, back. <laughs> don't make me go to the principal's office. Like, I have no clue what's happening. But I don't know what his name is. Like I said, I didn't do choir. I didn't do band. I wasn't really into all of that, but he had me and he had teachers. My next couple classes, teachers wrote off that I was allowed to be excused from class. And he played the piano, and he said, have you ever heard of spoken word before? And mm. I was like, isn't that that dumb stuff on like, TV? <laughs> and he was, like, <laughs> he was like, yeah, but this isn't dumb. This is, like, this is a work of art. So like, anyway, he just said, I'm going to play the piano. You got your words with you. You got your lyrics with you. And I was like, yeah, like, I, I got my stuff. I got it all. And he was like, I'm just going to play. And you just flow with the beat. Whenever you feel like it's time to speak, you speak. When you stop, you stop. He said, you just you just go, and I'm just going to play. And we sat there, and we practiced for like, you know, an hour, hour and a half. And after that, I was like, okay, am I set? And he said, yeah, you'll be set once graduation hits. And I said, what do you mean? He said, we're going to practice like every other day until we get yeah. this down and you're comfortable. And I just thought that was awesome because that's like the first time that somebody... Like, not only my English teacher, but somebody else was like, you know, like, this kid. Yeah. It's like he's seen the gift. He's seen a different gift out of what you thought you were. Yeah, because when you think of choir, you think of, like, people that sing high and low and, like, you know, people that mouth words. Like, I wasn't (laughs) like, that was never my thing. Like, but yeah, so then graduation hit and, um. I guess I'll start to get a little personal. Uh, You know, I go to do my thing. um, And, you know, my mom, my mom didn't show up to my graduation. And there's a lot of things in life my mom missed out. And I kind of got discouraged. Like, I kind of, like, before I, like, started, because, like, he just played the piano, like, live or whatever. I kind of was getting discouraged. And I just looked off sort of in the entrance way where we walk in. Yeah. And there's my English teacher like there to hear my thing yeah and I was like you know at that moment I started like tearing up and like so I was like there's actually people that care to hear and like are here to like you know be there for me and I was just like here's some stranger that's only known me for two years showing up to wow see me graduate and do my thing and like you know my mom you know that's well, you know, was supposed to be there forever, never really showed or nothing. And I was just like, I guess like other than God, because like at that point I was like a Christian, I was going to youth group churches. Like I knew God was there and I knew like, you know, he loved and cared for me. But that was like one of the first, like other than family and friends, like people that I saw that actually yeah started caring about me. And yeah. it was like a, That's know, awesome. a reassuring thing. That's awesome. So, you know, after that point, Life just went on, and I met up with my wife, and we'll we'll talk about that in a little <laughs> bit. But yeah, yeah so before before we get into before we get into that, uh, I am gonna take this opportunity because I want everybody to hear uh, this gift that God's given you. So uh, we're we're gonna take a brief moment. Uh, we've actually got one of your spoken words from the revival out in Canton. Um, 
and I believe your your wife's playing the music. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, at, we're going to go ahead and let everybody listen to that so they can hear it. And then when we come back from that, uh, I want you to kind of tell us uh, a, a little bit about how, um, I know you were a Christian and stuff at the time, but I guess tell us, talk about a, a little bit about the change that occurred when the power of God uh, through the Holy Ghost started moving through your life. Okay. Uh, I'm restricted so much on what I can do in my personal life and do things like I can't, I can't do everything that like, you know, I um, should do. Like I can't even drive, I can't climb ladders, I can't do anything. And even though that helped me get out of putting up Christmas lights this winter, <laughs> it's, still not the, it's still not fun. And what the devil started doing, messing with my mind, and it's just been a battle lately. Come on. He's taken away, or he's tried to take away my passion and ability to speak and do these spoken words that I that I wrote of. And I'm sure a lot of you guys have felt conviction in your hearts or been rebuked by the wonderful evangelist here. But um, I had a beautiful conversation with Amanda last night. She was asking how I've been, and we got to connect and you know catch back up and stuff. And I, and she's like, "How's your spoken words been going?" And I said, "Well, I haven't been speaking much." And she was like, what do you mean you haven't been speaking much? And I said, I, I just write now. And I got rebuked then. And <laughs> if she says she's a nice one, I, I'm glad I didn't talk to her. She says Josh is a nice one. I should have went and talked to Josh about her. But, um, but no, she told me the reason why the devil has just been fighting you so hard and why you are starting to lose your passion for this is because God wants to use it. God wants you to keep on doing it. And he doesn't yes. want you to miss it by that. And so I just thanked her because this is the first time I've done one of these in a while. So I, you know, I hope that All God right. just blesses. Uh, Have your way, Lord. share it, even those in rags. See, love doesn't discriminate. 
It's not just promised to a certain group or race or the rich or the poor. But no, you can have love no matter who you are, no matter what you've done. You can receive it no matter where you come from. Whether your family is perfectly placed or beautifully broken, love is something that keeps us going. It can be something that stops addicts from popping and stops the alcohol from flowing. Love is something that can cause great change. No matter the person, the thing, or place, I truly believe that the L-O-V-I I speak is truly found in the B-I-B-L-E I read. Yes! Every page and every word, in every chapter and every book, in every verse and every book. What I'm saying is all throughout and love is found. And if you don't believe me, just sit back and listen and be sound. For example, it talks about a king who freely gave up his life and his crown, walked out of heaven to come down and love on all of those he came around. And he never turned anyone down. And he chose to serve the multitudes. Did things that truly no one else would do. And did things for people when no one else wanted to come through. He healed the sick. Made the lame walk again. Fed 5,000 with two fish and some bread. And forgave those who were truly outcast. He brought them in and showed them love that last. He loved those who loved him. And loved those who despised. And he cried for those who had hate burning in their eyes. Brought life to those who had none inside brought peace to those who had none in their mind, all because he showed the power of his love. He even dined with those who traded him in for some silver, and he loved all of those even in the end, when he carried the cross and the weight of our sin, when he had nothing left. He looked out on the crowds of those causing pain and torment and used his very last breath to assure his love. So that's my definition of love. It's summed up into one word. And his name is Jesus. Yes. And like I said earlier, I don't know if that's enough for you. Or I don't know if that's what you want. But it's offered to you just like it is to me. And you can accept it if you wish. To love someone back that did all of this. And in the end, before I finish with this, let me leave you with this. This love is risen and is still alive. Yeah. And this love wants to connect with both you and I. All you've got to do is accept it. It's free. It's forgiveness. It's putting yourself last and others first. It doesn't always make sense. But no matter what you did, no matter what you have done, it may be hard to wrap your head around, but that is true love, as crazy as it sounds. Yes, hallelujah. All right. I hope everybody enjoyed that. I hope that was a blessing to you. Uh, I know I I love uh, getting to hear you uh, operate in in your gift and uh, so now before you before you start talking about how the the power of the Holy Ghost changed your life um, could we're, I want to kind of circle back for a minute just could you kind of tell everybody a little bit about where you were coming from like um, sort of some of the stuff God brought you through like uh, you know kind of this those moments where if it hadn't been for God, you know, you know what I'm talking about. I guess like it all starts like, <clears throat> I guess I like kind of say like in the beginning, like before I found God, because I kind of got to like springboard off of before I found God for it kind of to make sense. But, uh, you know, as a kid, I like grew up in like a pretty broken situation. Um, and nowadays, um, you know, being a youth pastor now, like you you hear that a lot more and see it a lot more nowadays yeah. how kids are only growing up with like one parent or like they have step parents or not even growing up with their parents yeah. like living with somebody else well 
my mom and my dad actually had me, like my biological mom and dad, they had me their senior year, beginning of their senior year of high school. And uh, they were young, you know. Uh, but, you know, my dad and my mom, they like, you know, they got a divorce when I was only like one or two, and I and I lived with my mom. Well, um, you know, fast forward a couple years, uh, my mom met this dude, and he was my stepdad for a while. Uh, and I have a brother and two sisters from, from them. Uh, the home situation I actually grew up in was, um, if I'm just going to be, like, broad, honest, and, like, cut to the point, it was like, I grew up in, like, a drug house. Uh, I don't know if you call it a trap house, meth lab, whatever you want to call it. Uh, you know, and that's why I said earlier about Eminem. Like, I actually had somebody I could relate <laughs> to, uh, and that was there for me before I had somebody there for me. Um, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't, there's a lot of things that we went through um, in that. Uh, my stepdad, and I'm not going to throw his name because I don't, I don't put people on blast that do things bad or that has messed up. That's not cool. And I don't, I don't support people that do that, that just constantly put people on blast. Uh, you know, because God could have dealt with his heart. He could be oh, a changed yeah. person oh, now, yeah, and I, sure. hope, I hope that he is. You know, oh, yeah. I, don't, I don't hold no grudges against him, but uh, he was abusive to my mom. Um, and as a kid growing up, I, I, I saw, I didn't see a healthy marriage. Like yeah. one, my mom and my real dad wasn't there, you know, and as a kid, I never understood that. Um, but then seeing, you know, people get physical with each other. It wasn't always just him with my mom, but it was vice versa. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of things I saw. I saw things get thrown, broken, holes punched in walls, them slamming each other against stuff. Like I witnessed a lot as just a kid and, uh. Once my mom and him got heavy, heavy into drugs, um, there'd be times where we just have random people show up to our house, spend the night, sleep at our trailer, um, and I'd either have to like sleep on the floor or sleep at some dining room chair or something like that just to finally have some place to sit because there'd be so many people yeah. getting high and passing <clears throat> out and if I didn't give up my bed and my room and my stuff for these people, then my little sisters or my little brother would have to sleep yeah. somewhere else. You know what I mean? So, you know, as a, and that's a big responsibility as like an elementary kid, but like, you know, trying to make it through third, because it started happening around second, third grade to fifth grade. Wow. Like I, the one thing I did know is I had to take care of my siblings and, you know, having to take that role and responsibility at, like, that age, like, took a big toll on me. And there'd be times where, like, my mom and people that know addicts, they sell different things for drugs, whether yeah. it's, you know, your clothes or, like, your toys or your game systems or, or food stamps. So uh, I guess I kind of thank God there was, like, a... I don't know what you call it, like a center of hope or Salvation Army or something. Yeah. Um, right outside my trailer park, and if we needed food, you know, a young kid, which I don't know how nobody got called or no wellness checks happened, but I would have to go walking up out of our trailer park wow. to get food from that place to take it back to us, so me and my siblings had things to eat. Yeah. Um. So I mean, like, I guess that's like kind of like the situation I grew up. So just so some of you people know, like the feel of like some of my backstory, but 
I guess the moment I first like kind of found out God was real or something is going on or like there's somebody like every now and then my grandparents would pop in, take us kids to go to church, whatever. Well, there was a service. It was like a Sunday morning. I actually, I think it was Sunday morning. My brother, my little brother, he's like, oh, grandma's picking us up to go to church. And I'm like, I think summer break was just kicking in. And I'm mm-hmm. like, dude, I ain't going to church. Like, are you crazy? Like, what kind of kid wants to go to church? Like, <laughs> and he said something, and this this had to like this had to have been God. He said, well, and my brother has autism, so like you know that also like helps. Or I don't know. I just had a special you know a special thing for him. Like, not only was he my brother, but like I really really tried to make sure I took care of him because I knew yeah. like. He went to the same school as me, so kids would bully him, pick on him and stuff. So, like, I really, like, I don't want to say, like, I looked at him as my son, which is weird for, like, a fifth grader. No, to look no, at, I, like, for, but, I like, what you're saying. I was like, he has nobody. Well, he just yeah. said, well, if my older brother's not going to church, I'm not going to church anymore. Wow. And that was one of the places where he had joy. He had friends. Yeah. And I don't know what hit me, but I was like, well, then I guess we're going to church. So. Yeah. My little sister stayed home with my mom and my stepdad, whatever. We went to church, uh, whatever, went to church, did the thing, services over. And my grandparents took me to their house, which was really weird because usually we like just get dropped off at our trailer. Mm-hmm. And anyway, like my grandma takes my little brother inside and it's just me and my grandpa because my grandpa asked me to stay in the car. And I'm like, uh, why are we here? Like, yeah, are we supposed to get home? And he said... I don't know how much you'll understand this, um, but there was a drug bust that happened at your trailer. Mm. And he said, and right now your mom and your stepdad are getting arrested and they're taking your sisters to a foster home for temporary while they figure everything out. And like, I don't know, I guess I just thank God for like the fact of having to like get hit with life at such a young age for me to kind of like have some sort of maturity of understanding of like hardships at a young age. If that makes any sense. I don't know if that makes sense, but it does make sense. (laughs) Uh, But I just kind of realized in that moment, like if my brother wouldn't have said those words, we would be in a foster home right now. Wow. Like we would be getting sent to a foster home. And I was just like, you know, that could be coincidental, but I just don't know. Like, that's so weird that, like, during the time where we were at church, that's when all that happened. Yeah. Wow. And so anyway, um, they figure out everything. And my dad, that I didn't really know much, um, like, I'd see him every now and then, visitation, he'd pop in, pick me up sometimes, you know. My dad started coming back into my life, um. So in that time, that middle school era, because like I said, it was this is fifth grade going into sixth grade. Yeah. They decided they're gonna place us um, with my grandparents, and you know our social worker was like, "Well, your sisters aren't gonna be able to live here for like three or four more months. Mm-hmm. Like they gotta stay in foster home, separated from you guys." And um, and this is I guess one of the first but God moments. Um. You know, I started going to church again. Like, after that Sunday, I, like, I wanted to go to church. Like, I had a desire to go to church. And after, like, I started going, um, it was, like, only a couple weeks after I started going. Like, maybe two or three more services after. 
we get a phone call from the social worker and they said instead of like three or four more months they're going to be able to live with you guys again in like a month oh wow and i was just like dude this isn't coincidence yeah. like this is yeah this is real so i guess like that's kind of where my passion of first wanting to seek after god wow. and you know i guess it would have been around sixth grade yeah. and uh my my one really good friend Caleb, uh, I transferred to a new school, whatever, and uh, he invites me to this other church, um, and I was like, yeah, like I'll come, whatever. Like I I just started serving or like discovering about God or whatever, uh, and he was like, yeah, my dad's the pastor of this church. Um, you should really you should really come. We have a good time, youth group, whatever. And him and I were just like really good friends, and for a long time we were like super close. And I guess when I first like accepted accepted Christ in my life, I w- I want to say was around some sort of outing retreat or whatever. Like um, I don't want to say like I got baptized a little bit after the whole drug bust thing happened, <coughs> but like I didn't really feel like I fully understand it, so I didn't really yeah. count that as really like yeah. I count that as sort of like just getting excited to jump in a tub and like <laughs> drinking juice and yeah. crackers, yep. you know, like I never, I didn't really understand it. Yeah. But then God just, I don't know, there was one service that we had at this outing that just touched my heart. And I was like, I just remember telling myself, like, I don't know if I really accepted him the first time because I was just so hyped up on drinking <laughs> juice and bread. But like, I just remember, I'm like, you know, like this is for real. Like I want like, I want what, you know, God has in store, this God dude, this Jesus dude that I'm hearing about that, you know, loved me and, like, did all these things for me, like, took the cross for me. And, like, hearing that, that somebody loved me enough and knew or and had an idea of the situation I grew up with and grew up in. Yeah. Still having that desire and passion mm-hmm. to, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Love me and accept me. I just, I don't know, I just kind of, like, was like I, I want to accept this. I, I believe in this. Like That's I awesome. believe that there's somebody that actually loves me. And the cool thing about this whole thing was while we're going, and like I said, God just when you like when you accept God and you get passionate about Him and you like actually serve Him, He, I guess at a young age I realized like things turn around. Like, yeah. And when I was talking about my dad moving in with my dad, I ended up moving in with him in high school, and that's because my mom. She lived back. She got out of some recovery program, moved back in with us, you know. And at the end of eighth grade, right before high school, she started stealing my stuff. Um, I started noticing some of my game systems went missing. Yeah. And, and my brother's, what broke me was my brother's laptop. My brother was super passionate about this laptop. Yeah. That was like his favorite thing. And one day it was missing and he just comes up crying. He was like, I can't find it. I can't find it. And I'm like, what are you talking about? He said, my laptop's missing. And so, uh, as a kid, I packed up all my clothes. I just remember grabbing trash bags, packing up all my clothes, whatever. And I told my grandma, because my grandma's like, what are you doing? I said to her, and my grandma's an awesome lady, uh, and I really love her because she was there for me a lot. But I told her, I said, you know, I love you. You know, I love being here, you know, um... But if this drug stuff's happening again, you're either throwing mom out or I'm leaving with or living with my dad. Yeah. And I just remember her telling me, um, well, I can't throw your mom out because if something happens to her, 
Yeah. You know, uh, I can't, you know, I can't live with that. So I just called my dad and he came. And uh, the cool part is when we were doing visitations and stuff before this, he bought a house that we were fixing up. And that's what we do for visitation. We would go over to this house. We would tear carpet, place down new carpet, flooring, whatever. And some project that I had no idea that we were doing was this room. And after we get this room finished, you know, he was having me pick out what colors for the walls and, like, all this stuff. And after we were done, he was like, do you like the room? And I was like, yeah, like, you know, it's cool, it's whatever. And he was like, well, how about I make this your room? And that's like, awesome. I was like, that's, like, the first time, like, <laughs> yeah. I felt accepted from my dad, you know? Yeah, that's awesome. And so that's what happened. He he had his, or my sister from him and my stepmom, which they're awesome people, awesome lady. It's, um, they were okay with me moving in. Um, I guess my sister, because she's the only one from that, those two, you know what I mean? Yeah. She was excited to have a brother. And, um, you know, I'm not saying things were easy, because, like, the first two years, there was a lot of fights, a lot of arguments between me and my dad um, on how I, like, would, like, and like I said, like, a young kid dealing with so much anger and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Which, I mean, even now, like, being more an experienced Christian <laughs> and, you know, being 23 years old, thinking I got everything all together, there's times where I, that anger still, it creeps in sometimes. Oh, yeah. But there'd be times where him and I would literally, like, almost get in fist fights and stuff. Yeah. And it took one day, um, he sat me down uh, randomly, and this is the whole changing point with me and my dad. He just sits me down because my sister and my stepmom were gone doing the shopping spree, having a girls thing, whatever. And he said something like, this is the blah, blah year anniversary. And I was like, you only married my stepmom like two years ago, dude. Like, <laughs> what do you mean anniversary? And he got real and honest and he said that I tried to kill myself. Wow. And I was like, what? And he was like, yeah. He said, and he was honest with me. He was like, me and your mom, he's like, I love your mom, um, and I loved you, but I was addicted to drinking and partying. He said, that's all I cared about was drinking and partying. And he said, I met your stepmom, we had your sister, and I was still in drinking and partying. And he said, one day, he said, I realized, like, I wasn't around for you, and yeah. maybe your sister was, you know, I could actually be a father. And he was just like, um, well, anyway, you're... Stepmom said, well, you have a choice to make. It's either me and your daughter or the drinking and the partying. Yeah. And I guess he said that night that he wow. tried to he tried to kill himself. And he said his parents walked in on him. Wow. And this is a grown man. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? And he said, and they found me and they got me to a hospital. And, you know, he was talking about how he was lucky yeah. to be alive and... You know, that was the first moment where I, like, I was, like, all this pain, or, like, all this anger and stuff I had towards you, all this hate yeah. I had towards you, like, I didn't realize you were that remorseful. Like, yeah. You seen repentance. Yeah. Wow. And, like, I don't know, just seeing an adult figure, like, usually, like, you think, like, oh, a young kid, so he's supposed yeah. to apologize for it. But, like, seeing <clears throat> your, like, own dad tell you, like, I screwed up, I messed yeah. up, like... I caused a lot of pain, like, oh, yeah. you know what I mean? And I got to see him. This is really cool. I got to see him. He didn't drink anymore. 
but he was smoking. When I first moved in with him, he was smoking a lot. He was always smoking. And every year, he got a step closer to quitting. <laughs> he was smoking a lot. Ten, uh, ninth grade year. Tenth grade year, it was like... It was the e-cigs. That's what it was. Like the electric cigarettes that were yeah. out. Because vapes weren't out yet. But anyway, it was the electronic cigs. That was what he was smoking on 10th grade. 11th grade, it was the nicotine gum and the patches. Yeah. And my 12th grade year, he was done with <laughs> drinking yeah. and smoking. That's awesome. And the cool thing was, I never had a father or a parent that I could really like connect, open, and share about the Bible and stuff with. Like, you know what I mean? I never really had that guidance, but like, what would be cool is like when I come back from youth group, because I still did that. I still went yeah. to youth groups, still went to church and stuff like that. I literally got to see God not only repair our relationship, like a father-son relationship that I missed out so yeah. much. Wow. I also got to experience like a, you know, a, like a godly like connection, yeah. like in growth with him. Because yeah. like he would always ask me, oh, what you learn about at church or like what yeah. you learn about at youth. And then like he would, I would see him slowly start reading the Bible and yeah. stuff. And like, I don't That's know, awesome. just seeing that like, wow, I don't know. So, I mean, I know that's like a lot of like, that's basically my whole life story as far as. That's that's awesome. But I just wanted to share. I felt like that was important. Not only did God change my life and like help me get through it, but actually seeing somebody that struggled with addiction that was like, you know. Because there wasn't just restoration for you. Yeah. But also for the relationship with your dad. Yeah. Now me and my dad are like, we're like super tight. Like we're, I don't know. Before we run out of time, we've got about 10 minutes left. Oh, geez. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just uh, if you could briefly tell us now, um, uh, now that, that we've got a good idea of kind of where God was bringing you from, and he's birthed this gift inside of you, and you've learned that you have this desire to, uh, I'm sorry, <clears throat> you've learned you have this desire uh, to write and and uh, now things are kind of turning around. You're starting to see healthy relationships. You're starting to see what a godly home should look like. And uh, so now kind of kind of tell us a little bit about how all of this changed when the Holy Ghost got involved. Okay. When you went from being saved right. to being filled. Okay. So yeah, like, so I guess what it first started was me and my wife were engaged. And this is not... I don't want you guys to think I'm a phony, okay? <laughs> when we you first got me? engaged, yeah. She just was open and honest. Like, the day after I proposed to her, she was like, well, we can't get married yet. And I'm like, well, no, duh. We just, like, <laughs> we just got engaged. Like, duh. And she was like, no, we're not. We're unequally yoked. And I'm like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, oh, we my both God. serve just God. We both, it. like... Not this time... Were you going to church with her? Yeah, this okay. was a little bit after I started going, which is weird. Like Pentecostal was a whole different ball game for me because the first church I went to was like extreme Baptist, like <laughs> okay, big difference. And then my friend Caleb's church, a non-denominational church, and they love the word. It's a good transition. It's a good like their church is a good church. Like those that like need a church around the Kent Stowe area, go there. Redemption Chapel in Stowe, beautiful church, awesome speaking, awesome word. Well, I come here, and the first experience I had, <laughs> they start speaking in a different language, and I'm like, like oh, that's cool. Like, I was studying Spanish at the time yeah, in high school. Yeah. I was like, this ain't Spanish. Like, what is this? 
And, but anyway, that's, like, the first time I guess I got, like, an experience of what, like, the whole speaking in tongues and moving in the Holy Ghost was. And, um, anyway, uh, but yeah, so, anyway, fast <laughs> forward, like, understanding more about the you Holy Spirit. You were heathen, she was saying. Yeah, right? yeah. So, okay. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, she's a pastor's daughter. Of course she's saved. Um, <laughs> but we she's going to hear this, conference. you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We got to stop and just pray for me now. Good thing I, good thing I got a little break. But Help she, yeah. So she goes after that, unequally yoked or whatever. I'm like, bro, we're both saved. We both love God. Bro, what you mean? She's just like, well, I'm filled with the Holy Ghost and you're not. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, I accepted Christ in my life. Like, And she was like, yeah, I mean, like, I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit and you're not. And I'm like, well, I'm baptized into Jesus Christ. And I'm like, no, she's like, you do not operate in the gifts. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, but I love people. I love, and she's like, no, not the fruits of the spirit. You know what I mean? She's like, I mean, like operate. I could see that. So anyway, she's like, we can't get married until then. And I'm like, all right, whatever. Like, I'll just <laughs> keep serving God, doing my own thing, whatever. Well, we go to this conference. I forget what lady was there. There was some powerful speaker there. It was like an all day thing. Our whole youth group went. And anyway, like, it was about, like, it was, about, it was, like, for young kids, too, which was really cool. Um, and they were just talking about, like, the importance of the Holy Spirit overflowing in your life and walking yeah. in your gifts. And I'm just like, well, I guess this is my good shot. I'm trying to get filled with the Spirit. And, like, <laughs> we've been here for hours on hours. Uh, like, I guess this is my yeah, best shot. Yeah. Well, this dude, I don't even know their names or whatever. They had people. They had a whole prayer line. And anyway, I just went up there, and I'm like, I guess I'll get involved with the prayer line. Like, see it at church. I don't, I don't understand this thing. Well, anyway, he started praying for me. I just kind of felt like this warm, like, fuzzy thing in my tummy. Like, you know what I mean? And I was like, bro, I don't remember eating, like, anything. Like, <laughs> I don't remember smashing on pizza or hot wings or something. Like, bro, this is weird. And he was like, the spirit is trying to, like, overflow up in you. Like, like come out of you. And, like, as he was, like, talking about the spirit overflowing and rising up like a river, you literally could, like, feel that, like, bubblingness, like, coming up, like, yeah. to your chest and then, like, to your throat, to your mouth. And I'm That's like, awesome. bro, am I going to puke? Like, <laughs> like, I really it was Move. like, am I going to puke? Like, I'm like, I'm worried for this man's sake. Like, I don't want to, he's got a nice outfit on. I don't want to, like, vomit all over his thing. And he was like, oh, and then I felt, this was a weird thing. I felt my, like, lips kind of, like, I don't know how you, like, you know how when you shiver, like, the yeah. lips kind of quiver and stuff? I kind of felt that. Lips. And I was like, well, I usually don't do this when I'm about to puke, so this is something. Um, and he was like, um, whatever, I, f I forget exactly what words he said, but he yeah. was like, you have, he said, your tongue, he said, and your lips are moving, and you can, like, feel it. And he, I was like, yeah, I can feel it. Like, I, I knew what he was saying, and he was like just let like just let loose just open your mouth and just speak yeah and at that moment that's the first time i ever was like slain in the spirit at that moment like i i don't know i was just like muttering out some craziness and i was like <laughs> bro what is this what is going on this is not spanish this is not english this, i have no idea what this is but anyway like i got knocked out i just remember i just fell to my knees and i was on my face and then when I came back to my senses and was, like, chill and calm, like, I just had this overwhelming, like, calmness. And, like, I felt, like, all the anger and stuff I still had inside, like, kind of, like, leave. Yeah. Like, I wasn't, awesome. 
rage in like the hall. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like I like I felt at peace. Like that's know? awesome. But then yeah, I know you said we don't have much time, but but <laughs> then yeah. So then after that, my wife was like, "Well, good news, we can set the date." <laughs> I was like, "Well, that's good." But no, then like. So that's kind of where it picked up, or that's where it kind of rolled off of. And then me and my wife, you know, just to condense where we are at now from what happened, we're we're married, obviously. Um, three kids. Three kids, yeah. Miracles. 23 years old, crazy. Miracles. Blessing Lord. Our blessing. Except for at <laughs> nighttime. <laughs> but, uh, no, and she she's big into worship. She's I guess she's always been a worship leader. And um, the spoken word thing, her and I just kind of like got together and we were like, dude, you just, I just told her, I said, listen, this music teacher dude was just playing on the piano. You love the piano and I'm just going to like do my thing. I was like, that's all we got to do. Like you just play and I let, I just speak whatever I have written down. But then God, like, I don't know, through this time he's been through stuff. I write stuff down, things that he brings me through or or the word, like studying the word and stuff. Like there's some stories that like I've read in the Bible and I'm like, dude, I can totally relate to that. And I'll like yeah. take some of that and write it down. And so the spoken word thing, I've started seeking more and I'm kind of done with the whole rap thing. I don't, I yeah. don't really dabble in the rap stuff because when it comes to spoken word, I feel like I don't have to rush. Yeah. Like when you have a beat and flow, yeah. it's like you have this amount of time from the hook ended yeah. to the hooks about to begin. Yeah. I can just flow. have flow. I can just write yeah. whenever I feel God, you know, speaking to me. I can just write that down, yeah. and I can pause when I want to. I don't have to rush it. I don't have to, and I can just write and like elegantly flow. And then when yeah. I feel the Spirit on me and like rising up, like like this morning, yeah, I can like <laughs> I can just let them change pace, yeah. change flow. Like I don't have to be bound to go off script. One yeah. rhythm, like That's I can awesome. just let them do his thing, and I'm like. You know, maybe spoken word isn't so bad. <laughs> but then I just got into writing worship songs for her now. So that's like a new road, new route that I'm going is writing worship songs and spoken words. So. so the Holy Ghost got in your life and it's like this gift has exploded now. Yeah. From spoken word to uh, not just flowing with that, you and your wife together, but yeah. now you're also helping aid her gifts. Yeah. So that is awesome. That's awesome. And thank you so much for for taking the time to sit down with me. I know uh, we've both been in revival every night for like, what is this is like the seventh night, the eighth night? I don't know. At our church. We, felt, <laughs> yeah, we were yeah. going around we, everywhere, man. Uh, we, we were in two other churches. We felt like, like evangelists. <laughs> <laughs> welcome, welcome to our world. Yeah. Uh, but no, I appreciate you sitting down and opening up and uh, just sharing a little bit about um about you and and what God has done in your life and stuff and letting everybody hear uh, that way they know you know if they're going through the same brokenness yeah it's not over uh, I would love to get you back on the podcast sometime and maybe we could uh, we could have you on and just have you do some of your spoken words and stuff and and just uh, obey the Lord I'd enjoy that yeah all right man well we appreciate you thank you everybody for tuning in. Uh, to this episode of Preserving Pentecost. Remember to uh, like this, share it, get it out to everybody you can. Uh, come and see Bradley at uh, the Lord's House of Prayer. What's the address? 6105 Manchester Road. Manchester Catherine, Road. Ohio. Yep. Make sure you type it in correctly. I think Google Maps will actually bring up the church. Yeah. But if you use 
ways, it will take you to downtown Akron. Yeah. So don't do what we did. Uh, but if if you guys want to look him up, uh, go ahead and give him your, your SoundCloud information again, just in case. Oh, yeah. So it's realistic. And by the way, I'm changing my name um, later on down the road since I'm doing spoken word, uh, which I guess I'll just release this now. I haven't said anything publicly, but we're not going to be realistic anymore. Um, I feel for some odd reason to be led to change my name to Meadow. Awesome. Just like, you know, giving some soul food out, you know. Yeah, there you go. Come on, come on. It's cooler than just a pasture, you know, Meadow. Meadow. It's not a pasture. It's Meadow. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, but we love you, man. We thank you. Everybody, until next time, be blessed. Be blessed.